following is a presentation of the Outside Lens Radio Network. Recording live from Studio Chanteau, outside of Detroit, Michigan, you're listening to Scotty Freytown and Tyler Dean, The Outside Blitz! And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to The Outside Blitz. I am your host, the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown, along with the tenacious, titillating Tyler Dean. Tyler, we are two weeks removed. How are you? Has it been two or has it been three? I don't even remember two, anymore. Two, three, something like that. Summertime we, happens just uh, it's just heat, heat, heat. Yeah. Heat. You just lose your memory and all the little bit. dehydration. And well, I mean, it's actually just now starting to get hot, really. Oh, God. Like, well, it, it went all of a sudden. Yeah. Very cold Memorial Weekend here in, in Michigan. Had, yeah, yeah, very, very cold. Yeah, I was uh, I was up north on, on a four wheeler trip, and uh, it was seventy during the day. Yeah, and at night it dropped to thirty two. Oh yeah, we we had no, that, that's, I mean, that's your classic northern Michigan weather though. We had uh, I mean a couple of sixty eight degree, sixty five degree days. It was rainy. It was drizzly. It was chilly. It felt like we were in the middle of fall. And yeah. all of a sudden, ninety. Yeah, now now it's really beaten down. We hit the heat wave. Um, we got the air conditioning pumping. You think we used to this by now? Just the just consistent weather fluxes in Michigan. Yeah, Michigan weather. That's what that's what we get. Um, and and actually, we we opened the pool in spite of the cold, and the children wanted to go in the pool. I don't know how they did it. <laughs> I I don't understand. It's it. still cold. Oh my god! No, actually, we have the solar cover on it, so now the heat oh, is beating down on it. Well, but, yesterday helped, and today will help even oh, more. Oh yeah, yeah. So we're gonna and and even the wife was like, "Hey, we're gonna go in the pool." I'm like, "Awesome." Um, so. Here's what we got going on, Tyler. We've got news around the league, and I went through and did my my 17-week plus playoff plus Super Bowl 18 predictor, 18-week, well, 17-game um, playoff predictor and the whole deal. I mean, I went through the whole season, top to bottom, and predicted the outcomes for every team. So next week, next week we'll do yours, this week we'll do mine, and, and we'll, we'll swing it that way. But uh, I got to tell you, there are some so there are certain things that I identified that I found really interesting about this upcoming season and we'll jump into those after the break when we do jump into this stuff but there are some like very one-sided games and I mean a lot more one-sided games than than usual um, and there are things that have changed because of certain things and the biggest one going into the news here the biggest thing that changes that stuff and altered my decision making the Aaron Rodgers saga continues. Um, we had a Packers insider come out this week saying that Rodgers will never, ever, ever play for the Packers ever again. Uh, President and CEO Mark Murphy says that the situation has divided the, fa- the Packers uh, fan base. So the, uh, the Packers fan base, obviously some love Rodgers, some don't love Rodgers, some say get him out of town. I know you're among the group that says take it out of the players' hands. You can sit your ass on the bench yeah, I, until you retire. Now, and Rodgers is one of my favorite quarterbacks. Um, yep. um, but my, my thing is, is uh, this has nothing to do with the player itself. Um, we've seen it with, I'm going to compare it to the Watson situation. Right. Watson just signed a contract, and now we're, we're sitting here, he's demanding a trade. Um, no matter what the reason may be, I don't, I don't care at the moment. Um, is, is the CEO a piece of shit? Sure. Yeah. Um, but you sign a contract, and if you go and do trade these players, Rodgers... Watson, whatever the case may be, it's going to tell these players, I can sign a contract, but that doesn't mean I'm obligated to anything. Right. And you need to hold your feet to the fire. You sign a contract. It's what it is. Yeah. And and, uh, so back 
you know, and and to make a basketball analogy here, back when when the the uh, Chicago Bulls were were in their their prime back in the nineties, the owner used to like Scottie Pippen signed a big six year deal, and it was he was way less than what Pippen was worth at that point in time. Mm-hmm. But the the Bulls owner, um, he always went out and said, I forget his name, but he he always went out and said, Look, you signed your contract, and after you sign your contract, I don't want to fucking hear from you. I don't want to hear from you anymore. At that point, like you signed your deal, done. That's game set match. And you know, the Scottie Pippen, he didn't get paid until '97. You know, like he didn't get his new deal when he when he was making 14, 15 million. He was like like one of the least paid players in the league for that span that he was with the Bulls, and he was pissed and he wanted his money. He even did a holdout deal. I mean, it was it was a nasty little thing. This is one of those situations where I think the owners need to, and I agree with you, the owners need to say, hey, you signed your contract. We're seeing this with Daniil Hunter right now. We're seeing this with Aaron Rodgers right now. Aaron Rodgers is just holding out because he's wanted, you know, he's unhappy in the current situation. He just wants weapons. He, he wants what he wants, and he wants it now, and you know he's very Veruca from Willy Wonka, and that's fine. But there are these players that they, if they want out of their, their contract, you know, then, then, or if they want a new contract or a better contract, don't sign a six-year deal. Mm-hmm. Don't do it. I, I'm with you on that. Um, but on the same note, I also sympathize with Rodgers that um, he's been begging for a receiver. Oh, yeah. To get draft, and, he's, and he's right. They, they should have been giving him help because Rodgers, who's on the, on the back of his career, yep. go get your offense and get it done. Granted, yeah. Packers' defense has been atrocious, mm-hmm. but you got you got to well, make sure that last couple of seasons the Packers' defense has been special. They've they've had a couple of yeah, good defenses. It's been it's gotten better, yep. and that's probably because they were drafting the first round. But yep. when you have Adams and Rodgers and Hay, help. Yeah, you you don't have much anything else. I mean, granted, you you did have you know a decent running back core over there with with Jones, and mm-hmm. but they need receivers over there. They they need them. They have a decent tight end over there. But I mean, they, and, and Rodgers has done great at making stars out of guys like Lazard and stuff. But yep, at a certain Tanya. point, you, you need some you need some good true talent. Yeah, and and we so and that's what he's he's primarily pissed about. And frankly, I I think that 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 is going to alter the way that this season goes. Whether or not Aaron Rodgers trots onto the field in minicamp this week is going to alter how this season falls. And here's the funny thing, though, like they're. It's right there and obvious. The easy solution to fix everything. It might be too late now, mm. but the easy solution to fix everything is right in front of us. Julio, Julio Jones. Jones. <laughs> Julio Jones. You trade for Julio right now, you might fix everything. Yep. Not, not granted, it might be too late, but you might have been able to fix everything. I think they still can. If Julio Jones trots onto the field, if they make the trade, and we have the Julio Jones trade rumors that have just been running rampant for several weeks, um... Julio Jones a few weeks ago, they asked him about, oh, what's your situation in Atlanta? He said, I'm out of there. And and that was on live TV. Now, it got some guys in hot water. Um, Freaking alarms going off. Yeah, I know. Uh, they, it got some guys in some hot water. We had we had certain guys that were, were uh, um, it, I guess they were on a phone conversation with Julio on the air. I think it was Shannon Sharp. He's on a phone conversation with Julio on the air. And Julio, when he said that, I'm out of there comment, um, and it went through on the air. And apparently Julio did not know that they were on the air. They just thought they were talking as boys, and it got Shannon Sharp into some hot water. 
Um, but Julio says he's out of there on live TV, so he's out of there. Now the trade rumors have been going. A lot of teams have been inquiring. You got Philly. You had Green Bay. You've got Chicago inquiring. You had Minnesota inquiring. You had uh, Detroit inquiring. You had, um, I think, Indianapolis was inquiring at one point. Ravens were. Titans still are. um, Yeah, and and right now the the rumor has it that the Titans and the Niners are the the two teams that are, are... Closely in touch with that situation, yep. and the Seahawks. Weirdly enough, I don't understand the Seahawks. Seahawks are in. Could you ma- that 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 could be considered the most deadly combination of three receivers in the history of football, potentially. Right. right, and and the Seahawks that that defense is not what it was. No, that defense has has taken a, a I mean, gone off the roller coaster hill. It's gone down. So I mean, now they're trying. I think they're ultimately saying, "Oh, we're, we're just going to build our offense up and outscore everybody," mm-hmm. kind of like the Chiefs did a few years back. One thing that's kind of funny about this trade situation is um, people have been talking like, they, they why this why is this trade happening? This, this has been going on for weeks. Like, it's like realistically, the only the, we've only uh, we're only on day five that that a trade for Julio was even going to happen, right? Because they were never going to trade Julio before June first, right? The cap the cap issue was too much of a problem. Yeah, he he his cap situation dropped after June first. His dead cap money, so it it changed a lot of things. But they still have to trade them trade him because right now they still have. Uh, rookies they can't sign. Exactly. So Julio is going to be out in the next couple of weeks, and and we'll jump I think on talking here. more a couple of days. Yeah, I mean it's it's. Looking, again, I thought it was going to happen on the second. It, yeah, yeah. We're we're it's looking more and more likely, but it's it's becoming a situation where um and and it sucks for Matt Ryan by the way. I mean yeah he's got Calvin Ridley over there, but after Calvin Ridley, eh, a lot of questionable players. Kyle Pitts. Yeah, Kyle Pitts has come out strong, and, and, and I'm still, I'm still, a, I don't, don't want to say a big fan, but I'm, I'm a fan of Russell Gage. Yeah, Russell Gage is okay. He he played decent. I, I think he's gonna be better as a three guy. I don't think he's gonna do well as a two guy. Yeah, I don't but. think he's a two guy, but you know they they do have Kyle Pitts and they do have your boy Hayden Hurst over there. So I mean, I think that dual tight end set is gonna be it, something. They special. could go more that route. Yeah. Um, next up, we got uh, Cam Newton suffering a bone bruise in his throwing hand in OTAs. He hits his hand on a helmet. It limits his participation. Um, could this be the beginning of the end for Cam? Is he is he finally getting just too injury prone at this point? I I think so. It depends on how long this this injury lingers. Yep. But I I I don't know. I, I don't really have any concerns on the Patriots or Cam Newton at yeah. this point. They're a non factor, really. No, really. I mean, so we're, I can't count the Patriots out because in free agency, I mean, they were just wheeling and dealing yes, like it were. was nobody's business. But uh, you know, if you look at at um. Cam Newton and his history over the course of the last several years, leg injuries, shoulder injuries, hand injuries, hand injuries, concussions, uh, foot injuries. I mean, the, the guy is starting to fall apart. He's 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 missed more games in, in half the career than Frank Gore did. And Frank Gore gets hit way more. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I look at um I'm I'm looking at Cam and I'm thinking this this might be it, and they're gonna move Mac Jones in. The biggest problem for New England right now is their quarterback situation. That that's it. I don't think you just said you put Mac Jones in. I don't I, sit him at all costs and put Brian Hoyer in, and and that might very well be what they do. But at the end of the day, I think Bill Belichick is going to panic. I think Bill Belichick is sort of panicked right now. He's sort of hit a hot seat situation because they missed the playoffs and they did so poorly last year. And I think that he's going to go well, okay. I'm going to hit that Mac Jones button and see what happens. And he's just going to hope for the best. I don't think Brian Hoyer takes you to the promised land. I think Bill Belichick knows that, and and. I think Robert Kraft might be going, hey, Bill, what the hell is this? 
So I, I still don't like it. Like I, I, if I had my way, Lawrence would sit all year. If I had my way, yeah, because they're not going to make the playoffs this year. Mm. And I'm so big on I'm taking a season to learn the NFL style. Yep. Yeah, you're 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 punting your season, but that's okay because at the end of the day, you see a lot of these quarterbacks coming out way better because they sat even just a half a season. Yep, they just sat to learn, and it goes a long way because the styles are a bit different. Yep, absolutely. And and honestly, a lot of it. The one thing people don't really talk about is it's not really about um learning the speed. It's getting the whole season to learn the playbook. Yep, learn the playbook and 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 Tom Brady's to... a good example of that because we talked about how he was still learning the playbook after the season. Yep. And and learning how to diagnose, I think, is another big thing for them. So, I mean, it, it's going to be an interesting situation over there. Um, New England, they could be a factor. Based on all the signings they made, you would think that they would be. But the one glaring issue is the guy that holds the ball, the ball the most often, and that is the quarterback. Yep. And, and that's the one thing that may hold them back this year. Um, next up, this is one a huge one, and I gotta say I love this signing. The Vikings go ahead and sign corner Bashad Breeland, one year, four million dollars. I love this signing. Love it. It's it, it's a good signing, nice cheap deal. Um, I, it seems to be more of a prove it deal. So it's, he's he's kind of kind of kind of come and has to show that he's better than he has been in the last couple seasons. It's a prove it deal, Breeland. Um. So Breland, the last two seasons, has been the number one corner in Kansas City. He played extremely well. He has high PFF grades. He had a, a, a clutch interception in that, that Super Bowl win for them. Um, he, he is a good defensive back. He's a good corner. He plays good ball. He plays aggressive. Um, he has a, a few defensive holding penalties in the last couple of years. I think he had six in the last two years. So, I mean, which isn't bad, all things considered. But... Um, this is a Super Bowl winning corner, and the Vikings have a situation with Jeff Gladney going out the well, not really going out the door, but possibly going yeah. to jail, uh, going going in a cell. So um, they have the situation with Gladney going on. This puts them in a really nice situation, and it also makes people ask the question: Is this now a win now Minnesota Vikings team? You got Patrick Peterson, you got Bashad Breeland, you got Mac Alexander. You got Cameron Dantzler as your top four corners there. This is an impressive defensive back squad suddenly. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a, a departure, a big departure from what you saw last year as opposed to this year. I think this team is in win-now mode. I think this team is dangerous. And I suddenly think this team, Daniil Hunter or not, and we know Daniil Hunter, we don't know what he's going to do coming into minicamp. We know there's been talk about a contract dispute or whatever the case may be. He still has three years left on his deal. But whether or not Daniil Hunter comes back, I think this team is still dangerous on the defensive side of the football at this point. Another big question mark is, uh, well, not big, but um, it could be, is, uh, and maybe you already know the answer to this question because I, I, I haven't been looking into it. What's the uh, shape of Michael Pierce right now? What's his weight look like? What's his size look like? Has he been taking care of himself? So Michael Pierce has been taking care of himself, and in fact, he started doing CrossFit. And the reason that he's been doing CrossFit is because... Are they moving him? They're going to keep him at defensive tackle, but he's going to play the three-tech instead of being that big, nasty, up-the-middle Oh, he's not going to be the player. nose tackle anymore. Well, he wasn't a nose tackle because the Vikings were a four three anyway. Yeah, yeah. So they, but they, they've got him and Delvin Tomlinson, and apparently he's been doing a lot of CrossFit. He's cut his weight down a little bit, but he's still a big, nasty two hundred ninety plus guy. Um, and then you add him and Delvin Tomlinson, and it's it, this Vikings defense is something that I think a lot of people are sleeping on because of what went on last year. And last year was a mess. They know it was a mess, and that's fine. 
But when Mike Zimmer gets pissed and and he he said this is the worst defense I've ever coached, and then he goes out and makes all these additions, and and you, you look at it and you're like, wow, okay, Zimmer's not going to play this game anymore. So here's a question for you. What happens if, I don't think it's going to happen, mm-hmm. but in the weird case that Minnesota misses the playoffs? I think Zimmer's Zimmer gone? gone. I think he's gone at that point. I think both Zimmer and Spielman at that point. You you don't have an option. I think they realize how heavy they are on the hot seat. I think they understand that they have to get into the playoffs, and I think they realize they have to win a playoff game. I which, think, it, which, it, But that, that conversation would be weird, especially if Rodgers isn't there and you're talking about when that division isn't going to take much this year. It's not going to take much, I don't think, but the reality is the Vikings don't have an easy schedule. Regardless of that division, the Vikings do not have an easy schedule. And, and I mean, you got to look. I think you're, you're, it's north and north this year, is it not? Yep, they're playing Cleveland. They're playing Baltimore. They're playing um, uh, they get, Steelers they, and Bengals Steelers won't, won't be, won't be blow-off games. Won't be blow-off games, but it, they, they legitimately, I don't think have a, a real trap game this year. You got and and at the end of the day they still got to play the Bears at Soldier Field. And and the Vikings always have a hard time with the Bears at Soldier Field. And, and Bears were a playoff team last year and mm-hmm. their quarterback is better in my opinion. Yeah, than yeah, I think with the Andy Dalton situation, even though I think Justin Fields is a bust, I think the Andy Dalton situation is going to make then you got to remember Andy Dalton beat them last year with the Dallas Cowboys. Mm-hmm. And they're also playing the Dallas Cowboys this year and the Dallas Cowboys are going to have Dak Prescott back on the field. I mean, there are a lot of factors they're going to make this season a very difficult season for the Vikings, and I think it's going to require them to play at a very high level. And if they make the playoffs, I think they got a real shot. I really do. Um, but they're going to have to to play at a high level this year. Um, but I think this Breland move at $4 million for a Super Bowl winning corner and one of the top corners in the league. Uh, $4 million, I love it. That's a great, great signing. Um, next up, you got Jamison Crowder. He was absent from the Jets OTAs, says he wants a new contract. This is another one of those contract situations. The kicker is, is it's Jamison frickin' Crowder. I, I don't know where Jamison Crowder gets off being like, hey, I deserve a huge deal and, and whatever the case may be. But Jamison Crowder, he doesn't, he doesn't need to be holding out of anything. I mean, in my opinion, anyway, I think, I think Jamison Crowder is one of those guys where it's like, eh, okay. Like you want a new contract, that's cool and everything, but I don't think it's you know worth the holdout. Yeah, no, I I agree. Yeah, and and I saw your eyes get really wide, really wide. Yeah, you can hit the button. Do we have breaking news? We do. We have breaking news. I gotta go find it. God, Tyler, you're making this really difficult. Don't you just put it in later? No. Well, I can. Okay. <laughs> go Mr. ahead, editor. Yeah, Jesus. We have breaking news. We have breaking news. We have breaking news. We have breaking news. Go ahead. Julio Jones. Oh, it happened. It didn't happen. It's what? But here's the headline. The Falcons are nearing a deal to send Julio Jones oh. to the Titans. Oh, man. And that's bad news for you. Adam Schefter uh-huh. says the two sides are still negotiating on whether the Titans will send a second and fifth pick to the Falcons for it, or if it'll be a second pick swap that is um that's a disgusting like underpayment yeah like like the falcons are just selling the farm for magic beans at that point i mean i understand julio's 32 33 years old but jesus he's 
Still last out. season, the first season he didn't he didn't break a thousand. That's yep. only because he was hurt. He was hurt. Yeah, I mean he, but he still had seven ninety one. I looked at his numbers. He had seven hundred ninety one yards. I think only played like six games. Yeah. What the hell? But that would be a major upgrade. Well, major enough upgrade from Corey Davis. Well, who also yep. broke a thousand. But yep. Davis broke a thousand. But imagine Julio Jones and AJ Brown over there. And you still have King Henry running around. Yeah. Ooh. ooh, ooh. Titans suddenly have become. Far more dangerous, and that might be changing my Super Bowl <laughs> prediction at this point. Because I mean, usually uh, I say the breaking news at the end of the news, but I figured that was a good time to cut it. Uh, yeah, we we I mean we just got done talking about it. Now I see now I got to go back, and I'm gonna have to edit this. Jeez, oh Pete, you got you got you got a break before we do that. Oh, I know. My God, this is gonna be a mess. Oh boy. Um, so continuing onward, speaking of my Super Bowl predictions, uh, Patrick Mahomes he receives. Uh, He's recovering nicely from an off-season toe injury. Said if there was a game today, I could play in it. Um, how concerned are you about Patrick Mahomes having toe surgery? Not particularly, since we're talking about June, and we yep. had it a little while back already. Yep. I don't even think we'll even be talking about it in a month. Think, think he'll be prepared? In, I mean, he is a more mobile quarterback. You think it's going to affect anything? No. Yeah. I, I don't if think so. If it was so. August, I, maybe I'd, I'd have a different different opinion on it. Yep. I think the worst you'll get is maybe he sits out some of the OTA um. Mm. He won't be running around. Yeah. The reason I, I question it is because of our next guy. Uh, Washington running back Antonio Gibson, he's working through a turf toe injury in OTAs that was suffered back in December. In December! You, Sit the fuck doing? down! What are you doing, running around at home? Yeah. Uh, go home! Sit down! Watch some TV! Do nothing! You know, just put your leg up. There's plenty of movies to stream right now. Yeah, golly, man. Oh, I'm going to run around on it. What the fuck? What are you doing? Doing gardening? <laughs> Golly. You suffered it in December. Antonio Gibson, sit the fuck down. It's almost a long, longer turf toe injury than Javid Best. Yeah. I, well, yeah. And, and Javid Best, my God. That guy would just seem to just limp around just all day long. Just cut it off. Yeah. Just be done with it. Jesus Christ. Um, next thing you know, uh, the ex-Colts defensive back, Malik Hooker, he goes and visits with the Steelers. Um, Steelers do need defensive back help. Uh, I think Malik Hooker is decent. I think he's a good fill-in. Um, we'll see if the Steelers decide to make the move on him. I like Malik Hooker. I think he, he's, I do too. he's kind of uh, one of those guys that flies under the radar as a player. Um, he was a starter for, for the Colts for a minute. I, I like him a lot. I think that he could really help the Steelers that in that defense is ailing with their defensive backs right now. So Steelers do need some help there. I think Malik Hooker will, would be a good fill-in, and they could probably get him on a like one to two million dollar discount. Um, I don't think he would be costing a whole lot. He's not gonna he's not gonna afford you know Brashad Breeland money. We'll we'll say that he ain't gonna get four million for for a guy like Malik Hooker. As much as I appreciate Malik Hooker, he ain't getting four million. No. So um, next up, the Jags sign All-Pro return specialist Farrell Cooper. Um, this is a good signing because the Jags' fucking special teams was so bad last year. Just the special teams? Uh, well, the whole team was bad, <laughs> obviously, but their special teams was miserable. Yeah. Um, they had a lot of muff punts and things like that last year, just strange stuff. I think they even had one against the Vikings last year while I was watching that game. But, I mean, they they – they needed some special teams help. This is a smart move. I like this one a lot. Farrell Cooper's a very, very fast guy. Um, and and I think he's kind of hit that uh, 
Cordero Patterson range where he's he's just like returner and that's yeah. about it. That that Devin Hester Cordero Patterson series there. So it's a good signing and it'll and it's an improvement, a definite improvement over what they had last season. Um, this one's a cool move. Panthers moving linebacker Jeremy Chin to safety. He was the second in the defensive rookie of the year uh, voting last year. I like this move. Uh, I think I think Jeremy Chin as a linebacker was really good, but he was solid in pass coverage. And I think moving him to safety is really going to turn him into more of a Palomalu type of guy. I agree. And that's that's kind of what it's looking like. I don't. I mean, I didn't even realize he played linebacker last year. I thought he was a, was a he safety. He was in coverage a lot last yeah. year. I thought he was too. I thought he was a safety. So I mean, for for him to them to officially move him out to the safety position and and make him that. I, it's a smart move. He had he had picks. He was I mean he was all over the place. He's a good tackler. He's good in run support. I think that 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 move is going to make a lot of sense. We're seeing that a little more these days, like especially this year. You don't in the in the recent memory you haven't seen it a whole lot in the last few years. But we've been seeing linebackers moving to safety and and safeties moving to linebacker. Uh, we saw Keanu Neal with Dallas. Now he's moving up to linebacker. So this is becoming kind of a, a different phenomenon here. Mm-hmm. And I, I think a guy like Jeremy Chen, I think he's going to fit well there. And and it, he's already good in coverage. I think he fits the mold. I think he's just smart at this point. So Carolina is going to have that. Uh, speaking of the Cowboys, they are not interested. So they declined the fifth-year option on Leighton Vanderesh, which I and we may have talked about last show. They, def- they declined the fifth-year option. And then they say that they're not interested in training Leighton Vanderesh, even though they've declined his fifth-year fifth year option. Now, look, Leighton Vanderesh, after his first year, declined heavily. Um, the last two years, he has not been good. He's in his fourth year. He's technically in a contract year now because they declined his fifth-year option. Um, I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that Dallas didn't really have very many good defensive backs um, the, the last two seasons. Really, I mean, Xavier Woods was was their their big safety, and he was good, but he wasn't great. Right. I mean, he's basically on the same plateau as like an Anthony Harris. That's why the Vikings signed him. You look at um, Byron Jones; he he's moved all over from safety to corner, from safety to corner to safety to corner repeatedly, and now he's over in Miami. I mean, last year, of course, he's going to have a bad year. You got your your linebacker dipping into coverage. That's not what Leighton Van Der Esch was. It's not what he was meant to be. He's meant to be a linebacker that's like a blitzing linebacker. So, yeah, I, 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 I don't understand Dallas wanting to trade, not wanting to trade him. I think they're going to give him a long-term deal. You think so? I think, in spite of the declining play and them declining his fifth-year option. Yes, I think they're going to give him a long-term deal because I, I think they believe that the contract they're going to give him is going to be less than what that fifth-year dollars would have looked like. That is that is possible because that that does happen. That does that is possible. I think. And do you think Leighton Vanderesh, a guy like that, would go? Nah, screw you, and go elsewhere. It depends. I mean, if if he's the kind of guy that knows what his value is, and he and he's got to understand. I think his value is is high. I think he's a very good linebacker, and I think he he's playing in a bad system, and I think it weighed him down. Last year, you saw it in several defenses where players got weighed down. Safeties got weighed down by bad corner play, and you got you got linebackers getting weighed down by by bad lineman play. I mean, and so on and so forth. It's still a team sport, mm-hmm. and your guy still has to have your back. Your your teammate does. 
And I think that's what, what Leighton Vander Esch is experiencing. And I think that the Dallas Cowboys didn't exactly have uh, a great defense last year. They were one of the lower-ranked defenses in the league. I think this will be a, a situation, I, and I'm, I, I, I hope that Van Der Esch actually does go to, to free agency because I think he'll be a great fit elsewhere. Oh, he'll 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 be he'll do good wherever he goes. Yeah, and and I think he's he's gonna go uh, somewhere better if he does hit the free agency market. Um, speaking of the Cowboys, they go and hire the former Giants head coach Ben McAdoo as a consultant. Mm. Ben McAdoo is garbage. He was garbage when he was with the Giants. He had no idea what the hell he was doing. And here we go again. Ben McAdoo. At, at least they didn't Cowboys. bring him in as something that where he's got any, any real say. He's, he's yeah. just consulting. He's a consultant, but still, I I think it's a waste Maybe they of brought time. him in like, hey, what do you think we should do? And they, they, whatever he says, you do the opposite. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's <laughs> that's what it sounds like to me. Also, uh, Dak Prescott is a full go in OTAs. Dalton Schultz, the tight end, says that the ball is coming out the same as it was before the injury. So Dak's one of the better quarterbacks in this league. Yep, good news for the Cowboys there. Um, everybody wondered how, when his foot was put on backwards, that he was going <laughs> to throw the football, but uh, we saw how that turned out. Um, so also, the 49ers, speaking of tight ends, they're going to go out and work out tight end Delaney Walker this past Wednesday. Um I like that a lot, actually, with all the issues that they've had with George Kittle and the injuries that he See, had. Did, did Walker play at all last year? I'm not sure. He's already in his 30s. I, I don't know if Walker's really... He's in and his... Maybe, maybe they're just kind of look, just kind of checking him out. I mean, that could very well be the case. Uh, let me take a look at... at I the, thought it was like 33, 34. Yeah, he's an older gentleman. He's 36, actually. <laughs> yeah. 36 years old. Um, last time he played... I believe it was 2019. Was 2019. He played with the Titan. uh, the Titans there. He had 21 receptions for 215 yards. I, he I, also was hurt though. Yeah, I just don't know Delaney Walker anymore, especially yeah. being 36 and a year off. That's I think I think their their primary concern is the injuries to Kittle. We've seen certain older tight ends, I guess, fill in. I mean, remember Antonio Gates coming in. Delaney Walker for for the like the last two years that he was in the league, 18 and 19, and eh, whatever. He was hurt. The years before that, played at a very, very high level at age thirty. He really had a couple good years, really. I mean, if you if you look at the numbers, it's like, let's see, eight hundred and seven yards, eight hundred yards, one thousand eighty eight yards, eight hundred ninety yards, five seventy one. Yeah. And before that, he was iffy. But from twenty fourteen to twenty seventeen, but for a long time, no, he's yards. been in the league since oh six, and no one even knew who he was till. 14. Yeah, and he was with a Niners team, granted, and that's another thing. He also, in tw- in 2009 and 2011, he played fullback. They, they moved him to fullback mm. with the Niners. So, I mean, that that gives you an idea of, uh, and really, he played fullback in 2012, too. So, he got shifted around a little bit, and it wasn't necessarily fair to him. He was, he was getting moved all over the place. When Tennessee finally settled down and said, all right, you're a tight end, and they made him a tight end. That worked, and I'm okay with that. Um, but, yeah, Delaney Walker, I, I think it'll be an okay signing. Obviously, it's a depth move. It's not like I'm expecting Delaney Walker to come waltzing out of the field and start day one or something. But George Kittle, for the last two seasons, has been hurt. He's been getting hurt. Mm-hmm. So, I mean... Well, just the, last season, right? He got hurt last season, and he got to hurt the season before that, late in the year. So, I mean... it. And and he he was only out for a couple weeks, but it's the point. You, they they didn't have much for tight end depth. I think Delaney Walker is good tight end depth for them at that point. 
Um, the Texans went out and signed a former Patriots running back, Rex Burkhead. Why? They have such why? an they have such an embarrassment of running back. I got another one too. I want to say why too. We'll go to that one next. But why? Yeah. <laughs> why? Why? It's it's silly shit. If you look at what they have, what they have over there. I mean, they have James Conner. They have. Uh, I mean, is it Conner over no, there? No, Conner's in Arizona. Oh, I'm sorry. They have they have uh, Philip Lindsay over there. Yes, That's who they have Philip Lindsay. They got David Johnson. They've got they have I, one more too. Yep. I mean, it's <laughs> they got David Johnson, Philip Lindsay, Mark Ingram, and now Rex Burkhead. Why? Why? <laughs> What's the point? Why? Rex Burkhead, decent change of pace guy. You know how it goes. Well, you already have that. I know. Philip Lindsay. Well, I don't think. See, here's the thing. I don't think of Philip Lindsay is a change of pace guy. I think Philip Lindsay might very well be the best running back on that. Oh roster. no, I agree. But Philip Lindsay can be can do both. He, he Philip Lindsay's like a uh, yeah. He's I'm, very I'm, versatile. I'm gonna say I, we use this as a bad term, but he's kind of like he's Walmart um McCaffrey. Yeah, yeah, and and but like I don't I, even mean it that way because McCaffrey's McCaffrey, but Philip Lindsay is about as undersold as Alfred Morris was years ago. Oh my God, Alfred Morris goes two fourteen hundred yard seasons, and oh, you're a backup forever. Yeah, like, well, what? what? How does that work? And and I don't. I still to this day don't understand how. Philip Lindsay's about as undervalued as Austin Eckler. One year, Alfred Morris led the league in fucking rushing, twice in a row. Yeah, and and they they just said, "Nah, you're a backup." What? What is this shit? I believe it was he went to Dallas. Dallas, yeah, Dallas. He went to Dallas, and he was sitting behind Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, and uh, I I still to this day I don't understand. I don't understand the logic. The man led the league in rushing, and you fucking put him in as a backup. Now you got Philip Lindsay. He has a great year, blows up as an undrafted guy. You sign him for peanuts. Eh, he's a backup. He's better than fucking David Johnson, who you're going to start. Well, no, it's like they, they, got re- they, they released him. <laughs> they released him like, yeah, we're going to ride uh, Melvin Gordon. Yeah, I don't understand that. <laughs> Melvin Gordon wasn't that good last year either. That's why you might see um, Mr. Elway on his way out of being important. Well, yeah. Well, here's the thing. Mr. Elway is no longer the GM over there. George Patton is. And probably George Patton's just like, what in the hell is going on? Like, Elway made a couple of moves, just shit all over everything, and said, okay, I'm getting moved to president right now, yeah, team president. Elway's like, is the GM version of freaking uh, Chucky over there in, yep. in Raiders. It's all about the rush game. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. It's all about that one. <laughs> Unreal. Um, on the running back train, Todd Gurley is visiting with the Lions. He leaves out a contract, but again, why? Why? You got Jamal Williams and Swift over there. I See, I understand the Lions' situation because they do need a third running back, but I it don't want... It doesn't need to be Gurley. You don't need to pay $9 million or $5 million for a third for a third running back. I don't want Todd Gurley and his bum knees over here at that point if I'm a Lions fan. If I'm, if I'm a Lions fan, I'm like, what, huh? What the fuck? Well, you know where Gurley should go, because when 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 he, when he play if, if you keep if you isolate his carries, he he runs very well still. Yeah. Put him in Bills. Use the two young kids who suck to um to um take the carries away. Yeah, yeah. That that should be it. Put Todd Gurley. Yeah, and I think he would be a great fit with Buffalo. By with the way. Uh, Singletary and uh, uh, White. No. Moss. Zach Moss. Yeah, Zach Moss. Have Singletary and Zach Moss kind of help take the carries away. Yeah. And have Gurley be like like your important down guy. The thing about Todd Gurley, and and I think the reason that they were looking at him is there was such a rapport between Goff and Gurley 
yeah. when when they were with the Rams. And if you if you look at Goff and Gurley's situation, like Goff used to hit Gurley a lot in these like red zone touchdown situations. I mean, you remember the one day Gurley was lighting up linebackers for for passing mm-hmm. touchdowns. I mean, and it was against my Vikings. I mean, he, I mean, he pounded Anthony Barr into the ground. You don't but need it right now. You don't. There's, and there's, there's much other holes right now. It's it's a mess. And and I was I was kind of giggling about it a little bit. Like, oh, I mean, if you want to waste the money, go ahead. Now it's but. it's not as bad. But um, them signing Gurley, and it just feels like the whole thing with Patricia all over again in a way. Oh, yeah. Like you're yeah, like, oh, we're let's gonna bring go in the, the Patriots. Yeah, we're gonna do the Rams way now. Now uh, this is far less destructive because yep. Goff's good. Goff is actually a very good um, quarterback. Gurley um is still good when he's not playing full time. And um, the head coach is doing a fairly good job so far, for outside of signing Gurley, maybe. But but he left, so maybe not. Yeah. And and um, speaking of of the Lions, the rookie Panay Sewell, he gets moved from left tackle to right tackle, admits that moving to right tackle is not that easy. He's having a hard time. Uh, a lot of people are saying he's having issues because everything's backwards. Mm-hmm. So now, now for him, he's using like his non dominant side. It it is tough. And I don't understand why you would draft this guy. Like, I understand you. Okay, you got Taylor Decker over there. Taylor Decker's been playing left tackle. Um, but Taylor Decker's very injury prone. Move move Taylor. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Move Taylor he, Decker. Because he's more than better right now. He should be able to um, handle the, the transition a little easier. Right. I would be putting Panay Sewell where, and where this, he's dominant. Yeah. A lot of people are saying, Panay, uh, like, when he got drafted, what was the most common thing we hear? This kid is a, uh, a potential Hall of Fame player, if yep. you, you know. So why the hell are you moving this position? If it's not broke, don't fix it. Put him at left tackle and let him be at left tackle. Mm-hmm. Let him be a Hall of Fame left tackle. Yep. <laughs> like, I mean, really, if, if he's that good and you're talking about Hall of Fame shit, leave him there. I don't understand. Doesn't make sense. Speaking of tackles, Washington releases the right tackle, Morgan Moses. Um, he winds up, winds up meeting with the Jets and the Bears. Um, both those teams need him. He's a high-end right tackle. Uh, I, I understand he had some injury issues, but I think this was more of a cost-cutting measure for the Washington Redskins. At the, or, well, not Redskins, Washington football team, excuse me, at this point. I like the idea of Morgan Moses going somewhere where people are going to appreciate him. I don't think Washington appreciates good linemen, and I don't think Washington understands the, the concept of having good offensive tackles at this point in time because they, they let their all-pro one go to San Fran not too long ago. Yeah. So, I mean... It's like they forgot they have an old quarterback behind center. Yeah, here, here we're going to have Ryan Fitzpatrick going, and here we'll just we'll break his leg too. Um, next up, the Rams currently working Austin Corbett at center due to all the roster turnover. So the Rams have dumped so many offensive linemen. They picked up Austin Cor- Corbett in free agency on a dime. Um, he's a, a a guard technically. They've shifted him to center. The man's never played center before. Uh, it's going to become an interesting situation. He's a little undersized for this for Go the position. Get Moses. Yeah, and then that could be what they do. But he's a little undersized for the position. I'll be honest. I've seen Austin Corbett. He's not a not a huge guy. I mean, to me, he reads more. If size wise, to me, he reads more like a tackle. But they've got him shifted inside into the big boy spot. So I'm like, mm, <laughs> I, I don't I don't know how I feel about that. Um, the Jets wide receiver, Corey Davis suffered a shoulder strain at OTAs. Um, I know it's just a strain, but we've seen shoulder injuries. I know a thing or two. Sometimes they linger. Yep. I know a thing or two about shoulder injuries. Um, and I got to tell you, that's going to be a brutal one, especially, I mean, for Corey Davis, a guy who is a deep ball receiver making those aggressive catches. 
I know it's a strain. You know, let's hope it's not like, you know, an AC joint or something. Yeah, I like Corey Davis. I do like him he's, a lot. He's going to be a good, he's going to be a, I think him and, and Zach Wilson are going to have a good good tandem together. Yeah, he, he played good ball last year when he was with the Titans. Broke a thousand. Good season. I mean, it, it Zach Wilson and kind of quietly that. did it because everyone was talking uh, all year. All, all people were talking about was Henry and, and, and Brown. Jim Brown, yep. And and Corey Davis, he played very well, very very well for the Titans. So you gotta love that. Um, next up, the NFL suspends free agent offensive lineman Jared Veld here for six games. They don't disclose why. Veld here then goes on to retire after twelve seasons. <laughs> um, he's it's like fuck you guys. I'm going home. <laughs> I don't want to be in this stupid fucking league anymore. That's basically Veldhier's response. He's a good player. Um, a team would have benefited from having him, but you're not going to have him for six games? Kind of sucks. Uh, next up, former Patriots and Colts kicker. This was a big one. Adam Vinatieri retires after 24 seasons, had a Hall of Fame career. Mm-hmm. He'll be a first ballot guy. Yes. Um, one of the greatest kickers of all time. Uh, I remember growing up, this is this is ridiculous. Growing up as a a young man, Adam Vinatieri, like 1997, 98, my dad was taking me to fantasy football leagues, and he would pick up Adam Vinatieri and Matt Stover. Those were his two kickers, and he would get either one of those guys every single year. Adam Vinatieri was his guy. And Vinatieri played longer than Stover. Yep, played longer than Hanson. Great kicker. He was a great kicker, and and granted, you know we we know he lost a little bit of the the distance off of his kicks that later. Comes to be expected. Yep, that comes to be expected. He still was one of the more accurate kickers in the league. He did hit rough spots later on in his career, but mm-hmm. Adam Vinatieri still a great kicker. Loved it, loved it, loved it watching him. And uh, you know, big ups to him. Good luck to you in your retirement. You know, go ahead and get some Jess for men for that gray ass beard you got. Um, <laughs> Rock it out. Yep. The uh, next up, the Bucks re-sign Antonio Brown on a one-year, two million dollar deal. Um, they they get him back as their number three receiver. Get him on a dime. I mean, in the games where Mike Evans or or Godwin went out, we did see Antonio Brown look like Antonio Brown. Mm-hmm. We did see it. This is a great depth move. I think he is the the the, the clear cut number three over there. Agreed. And and I I think that it, this is going to be. Just this, all this is, is the Bucks doubling, doubling down and wanting to rub it back, run it back here. That's what they have a chance. They want to run it back, and and I don't blame them. They got a real good shot. They have an embarrassment of riches on that team right now, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna see if Antonio Brown can still be Antonio Brown. I mean, obviously he's still gonna throw gummy dicks at people or and stuff like that, but (laughs) um, we're gonna see if he can be Antonio Brown. Uh, And they got him on a discount. Man, I gotta tell you real quick. You you just hear that that. Oh man, my my allergies have gone insane the last couple Sounds of weeks. Give me a ten day quarantine. Oh, you, you need to calm down. <laughs> We're not at that point. Um, next up, Deshaun Watson. He says he won't attend OTAs. He still wants to be traded. Uh, we've talked about this, Watson. He, I mean, we know about his off the field problems. It's been quiet lately, though. Yeah, it's been weirdly quiet. Watson isn't going to come to the OTAs. He doesn't want to play for the Texans. I don't think he shows up for minicamp, and I think that the, the Texans aren't going to have a choice. And and knowing the Texans, right now the Texans are doing what, exactly what you say to do. They're being spiteful and saying, okay, fine, sit your ass down and we yep. won't pay you. Do it. So that's what you're going to see out of Deshaun Watson. Uh, next up, the pass rusher Bradley Chubb for the Broncos. He undergoes minor ankle procedure. He's expected to be ready for minicamp. Uh, 
This one's kind of a big deal because we've been hearing Von Miller trade rumors for a while. And now, and if they do come to fruition. I believe recently they committed to keeping them, though. Yeah, and, and that may very well be the case. Um, but Bradley Chubb's a huge part of that defense. Huge, huge part. And he's been a huge part of that defense since he got drafted. Uh, this is a big issue. Uh, and and I'm hoping, every time you hear, like, oh, minor ankle procedure, that makes me nervous because it's a defensive end. And that ankle injury always seems to linger. That ankle procedure always seems to linger. It always seems to be a problem. And, uh, yeah, that, that always makes me nervous. But Bradley Chubb, he undergoes ankle surgery. Um, so this one was weird. Interesting but weird. The Niners go out and they sign Marquise Lee. We reported on that. Mm-hmm. A week later, they go and dump him, they wave him, and they sign Benny Fowler. Is there something going on with Lee that we don't know? I don't know. See, Marquise Lee was always a good receiver in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay. There could be something There could be something here. I don't know. Um, but they, they go out and they wave him. They, they sign Benny Fowler. I don't think Benny Fowler's that good. I think Benny Fowler, it's like, okay, Benny Fowler. He's definitely not Marquise Lee. But, uh, yeah, they, they less than a week. I mean, maybe Marquise Lee doesn't fit the mold. I mean, who knows? But Marquise Lee gets released, um, and and they pick up Benny Fowler, which, I mean, okay, that's going to be your big death move, you know. Marquise Lee would have been a better compliment. We talked about that. He would have been a better compliment to Debo Samuel over there, who is basically the number one. Yes. So, but now you're going to have Benny Fowler as your big number two. Well, you still have uh, Goodwin. Goodwin, I think went. I think he may have gone to free agency, but even then, Goodwin's not that good either. He is not a good win. <laughs> you like that? Uh, uh, come on, come on. That was a good one. Um, Patriots signed veteran safety Adrian Cor- uh, Colbert, rather, and uh, that is a depth move, obviously. No, he's going to be the three. I forgot about uh, Brandon Ayuk. Oh yeah, Brandon Ayuk. He was great. Always, yeah, he was great. We we always forget about Brandon Ayuk. Probably because he he's, wasn't he wasn't one of those headlining receivers from that. He was draft. quietly pretty good last yeah, year. Yeah, he was and, good. And then here's uh one that people are all pissed off about, and that's perfectly fine. But the Jags go out and they sign Tim Tebow to a one year nine hundred and twenty K deal with no guaranteed money. Um it's league minimum or a veteran minimum. Um Tebow gets you know, he's gonna go play tight end for the Jags and people are pissed about it. Well the latest news is from Urban Meyer is it says it's going to be difficult for him to make the team. Yeah, it's going to be very difficult. But they don't have any tight ends though, so if you can just play decent, you'll, you're going to make it. Yeah, I mean, like, and and you know, you go on Twitter, and again, my mistake for going on Twitter, but you go on there, and and people aren't even focused on Tim Tebow being a tight end or how well he plays as a tight end or if he can catch the ball well or anything like that. You know what people are most focused on? Hmm. Look at them guns on Tim Tebow. <laughs> All the girls are just going, ooh, look at him. He's looking sexy with those guns. I, I will give him that. He does look like he's in great shape. He, he does. I'll give him that. But, but all um, I mean, he's just got all the girls clamoring for some some kneeling down Tim Tebow <laughs> action there. I guess I guess my concern is I I don't doubt that, he, that he's, he, he wouldn't be able to catch the ball and whatnot. I have a serious doubt in him being a block. Yeah, I don't think he can. I, I, th- I think there's a size issue. I think Tim Tebow, was, he, he was a bigger quarterback. Which is great, but and, and he can run. But I don't think he's tight end size, and I don't think he's got tight end strength. I hope he proves us wrong. 
I, I would like it. Because that'd be a crazy story like that um, Tim Tebow, former quarterback, becomes the, the league's best blocking tight end. Or at crazy. 35 on top of it. I think he's, what, 35 years old now? Is that, is if, that what If he goes out and be like one of the, like, the top five, even, even top ten blocking tight ends in the league this year, yeah. I'll mark out for it. Oh you know what? I, I hate Tebow, but I, I'd love that. It would be funnier in hell. Um, so that's what we got around for the news around the league. Uh, Tyler, we're going to take a quick break. And then we're going to jump into our our league or my league predictions for this upcoming year. Um, uh, the the things I see you were, you were looking at. I'm going to have to adjust some things now that now that we're seeing <laughs> Julio Jones stuff going on. We might have a, a whole different animal here as far as the Tennessee Titans go. So um, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to word from our sponsors. We'll be right back right here on the Outside Blitz. At it's your time massage. You get all the benefits of one of the larger massage chain parlors, but in a more intimate and personal setting. With four years' experience, massage therapist and owner Amanda Yata's goal is to help people in a natural way, offering Swedish deep tissue, pregnancy, aromatherapy, and sports massages. You will feel better and have more energy in just one hour. It's Your Time Massage is offered in-home, Amanda's or yours. With the rates ranging from $55 to $130, you get professional quality at an affordable rate. Contact Amanda today at 313-686-4347 or online at iytmassage.com. It's Your Time Massage, a natural way to improve your well-being. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, are you ready? Are you ready? Get ready, y'all. Get ready. And welcome back to the Outside Blitz. I'm your host, Tyler D. Ooh, you almost forgot, you little rat bastard. I saw it. <laughs> you jumped right at that microphone. I was sitting nowhere close to the microphone. <laughs> I saw the lunge forward. And I'm your co-host, the fabulous <laughs> Scotty Preton. Oh, my God. Um, you you almost forgot. So, um, Tyler, we've got uh, bold predictions from you. We've got playoff predictions from me. we got a lot of stuff going on here on our second portion of the show. Um, and... Would you like to start with your bold predictions, or would you like me to go through this first? I'll I'll ask you. Um, now go ahead and do yours. Okay. All right. So, folks, I I went through. We used uh, playoffpredictors.com, which is uh, uh the most I I like. I think it's the best site for for sure. Predicting. It makes it nice and easy. Yeah, it's it's got a real nice feel to it. If you're looking to predict the the your playoffs and your your division standings and things of that nature. Um, this is kind of a cool thing and it's a nice tool to have, especially for, I mean, podcasters and whatever, or whatever the case. So using playoff predictors dot predictors.com. There we go. Uh, playoffpredictors.com. We, we went through, or I went through anyway, and I went and, and kind of picked and we're going to, Tyler's going to do his neck before next show mm-hmm. and we'll have it for next show. But we set up our standings and, uh, it, it really made for an interesting couple of scenarios. Um, yeah, I, I was having some fun with this thing and I got to tell you, it's, there's like the really, really good teams. And then there's like everybody else. No, the last few seasons, this year is no different. There's a big drop off. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what we're seeing, but I wanted to go through what I feel will be each team's, uh, uh, record by the end of the year. 
And I would also like to go through uh, how I feel the standings will go, the playoffs, and a bold, way-too-early Super Bowl prediction that I think a lot of people are going to have some fun with. So, first and foremost, I'm going to start on the AFC side of things. We're going to go to the AFC North, um, and I'm going to go ahead and start off with your boys, the Baltimore Ravens. Now, the North, we know they play the Central uh, this upcoming year. I do have your... Central. Or, I'm sorry, you're, you're, the Central. Still yeah, in the 90s. I'm still in the 90s. We're, they're playing the uh, NFC North, rather. Um so, I've got your boys basically hammering the entire NFC North. Um, not hammering the Vikings per se, but they will beat the Vikings. Um, they're going to beat Chicago. They're going to beat Green Bay. They're going to beat. Um, they're going to beat the Lions. But weirdly enough, I actually have you splitting with just about everybody in division. You got got you going three and three in the division. I I usually do the same thing when I when I do that. Division yeah. games are a weird animal, especially in the in the AFC North. In the AFC North, the the Every team the, plays the each other hard. The mindset feels so different. It's strange. Um, but I have you going 3-3 three and three in division. I've got the Ravens finishing 12-5. and five. They're going to win the division. Um, and you, they're going to probably got me losing to Chiefs and probably Rams. Yeah, they're, they're, they're going to have themselves a, a really good season, though. And they're going to make the playoffs. They're going to be the four seed. I, I really like uh, the Ravens' shot. And then right behind them, though, is the Cleveland Browns. And, and so Cleveland last year, they were a playoff team. They had that... That absolute spanking of the Steelers uh, that went on in the playoffs, and I know the Steelers came back a little bit later in the game and kind of closed the gap, but it was just a beating from like quarters one and two, and part part of the way into three. But um, I got the Browns going eleven and six. They also go three and three to the, in the division. Um, I think that's going to be an interesting one. Here's a strange one: nine and eight for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But here's the crazy part. In the division, I've got them going four and two. Hmm. It's kind of a weird scenario, but I, I do think that that the Steelers will beat the Bengals twice, and I do think that they will split with Ravens and Cleveland. Okay. So that's how I think that's going to go. And then down, and but they're also going to wind up tied in the division at nine and eight with the Cincinnati Bengals, and neither of those teams will make the the playoffs. Uh, Steelers will miss. They'll be the number nine ranked team, and the Bengals will be the number ten ranked team in the league. So, or in the uh, in the uh, that side. So, I mean, ultimately they're going to miss the playoffs. But both going nine and eight. I like the Ravens though in that division still, especially with the addition of Bateman and Watkins. Those type of things kind of change things. It. I think the offense is going to run a bit differently. They're still going to be run first. Yep. But I think you're going to see a. Better a better mix of, of the pass game this year. Absolutely. Um, next up in the in the South, AFC South, you've got the Tennessee Titans taking that division. They're the only team to make the playoffs from that division. Sixteen and one. I got them going six and zero oh in the division. They're going to pound everybody, especially if this Julio Jones trade goes through. Um, Tennessee going sixteen and one. They're going to be the number two seed, however, um, because they the one game that they will lose will be to the Buffalo Bills. Um, so we got them going six and zero in the division, sixteen and one. And next up, you got the Indianapolis Colts. I've got them going nine and eight. They're going to go four and two in the division, but I don't know that Carson Wentz is Philip Rivers. I would agree. I, I have questions about Carson Wentz. Um, I think the Colts have a very good team. I think they they they're barely going to miss, and and it's going to be a sad situation for them. But they're gonna they're they're going to wind up as the number eight overall in that conference. Um, 
The Jags going five and twelve. Trevor Lawrence's rookie year, five and twelve is actually, I mean, pretty good with a rookie there with an iffy mm-hmm. team. Um, they're going to go two and four in the division. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to improve them, and he's going to improve year over year. This is just going to be that typical rookie jitter stuff, and uh, you know, it, it is what it is. I mean, uh, we know the Jags are are kind of, you know, balking on this this season here, but five and twelve for them. Last but not least, the Houston Texans. You questioned this. I know you saw it before the show. 0-17 Houston Texans. I don't think they win a single goddamn game. I think they'll, game. they'll get one. I don't think they do. I think they'll go 0-6 in the division, 0-17 all around. I think they're just a blubbering mess. They have done nothing to fix their situation. They had garbage for draft picks. The only thing that they've done is they've overstocked their backfield in the offense, and that's it. They don't have viable receivers. I don't buy Brandon Cooks, even though he broke 1,000 last year. Brandon Cooks, for the first portion of the season, was bad. I know because I had him in fantasy, and he did nothing for the first, like, seven games and then blew up late. I don't buy him. Um, I think Texans go 0-17. Unless Deshaun Watson comes trotting back onto that field, it's going to be a mess. Um, In the AFC East, winning the AFC East and the number one seed in the playoffs, the Buffalo Bills return to glory, 16-1, 6-0 in the division. Um, I got them as the number one seed. I think they're going to be battling it out with the Titans there. The only downside to the Bills is they have no run game. And and we've discussed this. They need a guy like Todd Gurley. I think think they're going to have themselves a good year. the number two team in the in the East and the number seven seed in the playoffs uh, in that conference, I I think they make the playoffs. You get Miami. Uh, Miami's going to go eleven and six. I think they're three and three in the division. The reason they're going to make the playoffs is based on the fact that they they probably play in a weaker division mm-hmm. uh, comparatively. They're going they get four wins right off the rip in my opinion against New England and the Jets. I don't think either of those teams are going to give them a run for their money regardless of how bad I think Tua Tagovailoa is going to wind up being. Um, Jets are, are obviously going to be in the bottom of the barrel there. I think they go 1-16 this year. Um, and New England, I think they go 6-11. and I know we want to put a lot of stock in Zach Wilson, but they still have a lot of rebuilding to do with the Jets. And obviously the Patriots, they won like they went seven and nine last mm-hmm. year with Cam. I think they go a little down a little bit, six and eleven. I think that makes sense, even in spite of the the players they picked up in free agency and all the wheeling and dealing they made. The big problem is at the quarterback position, and they have not truly addressed that. They went and got Mac Jones in the draft, and Patriots and Jets both missed the playoffs. Bills and Dolphins make the playoffs. Moving on to the West. You got the Kansas City Chiefs going 15 and two. They're going to go five and one in the division. Um, and in second place, you're going to have the LA Chargers going 11 and six, four and two in the division. The Chargers will wind up as the sixth seed. I think Justin Herbert getting a full season because he didn't play a full season. Justin Herbert getting a full season will change everything for that team. You got to remember the Chargers were seven and nine last year with Herbert playing part of the year. 14 games. Well. Still, they, they they need improvements on their team. I think they have it this year. I think another year, Herbert's going to be great. Yeah, and, and a lot of it comes with experience. I think Herbert's a, a, a star quarterback in this league. I think he takes this team to a Super Bowl at some point. I can see it. I and, and I believe in that. And I believe in Justin Herbert being the number one overall pick uh, three years ago. I believe in Justin Herbert being a, a high-end draft pick. I think he should have gone over Tungo Bailoa. Um, but Justin Herbert, I think he's one of the best QBs in this draft. 
uh, or one of the best QBs to come out of that draft, if not the best QB to come out of that draft. He could very well be better than Joe Burrow. Um, number three, you've got the Vegas Raiders going 7-10, and 3-3 three and three in the division. Um, this is going to be kind of typical middle-of-the-road stuff for, for mm-hmm. Vegas. They haven't done anything to improve their team no. end over end. This is the same team that we saw last year. I don't think they do well. And then lastly, you got the Broncos going 4-13, and going 0-6 in the division. I don't think the Broncos did much of anything to improve their team either. I think the, the Teddy Bridgewater... Bridgewater will be an improvement, but he doesn't got any help over there. Bingo. Uh, I think him and Jerry Judy will get along, but he, he doesn't have a lot of help over there. And, and there's they don't have a ton of weapons. But the AFC, ultimately... Your number one seed is Buffalo. Your number two seed is Tennessee. Your number three seed is Kansas City. Your number four seed is Baltimore. Number five is Cleveland. Number six is the Chargers. And number seven is Miami. So that's your your AFC playoff side. Tyler, what do you think of that so far? It that sounds from a playoff perspective, um, it sounds pretty good. You're gonna you're gonna some of my bold predictions are, are gonna kind of set things in a different way before we even hear my next week. Mm-hmm, but right. Um, next up, you've got uh, the NFC North. I got the Vikings taking this division. It changes a lot when the Packers don't have Aaron Rodgers. I don't think Jordan Love is the guy. I think Jordan Love is a bust. I think people are, are getting way too excited about Jordan Love. Um, to me, I got. I, I think the Vikings take this division. They go six and zero in the division. They dominate thirteen and four on the record. Whereas before, I would have had the Vikings, if Aaron Rodgers was in that game, or in, in the game, if he was playing, I would have had the Vikings going, you know, 10-7, and 9-8, and eight, in that range. I got them going 13-4. and four. I think it completely changes the dynamic of this football team and then of this division. Uh, the Vikings wind up winning the division. Um, you got Chicago. I got them going 4-13. and 13. I don't buy Chicago. I think it's, this division becomes far less competitive. Uh, I don't think Justin Fields is a guy. I think he's a bust. I think Andy Dalton's a waste of time. Um, I got him going four and two in the division, but their four wins are the only wins they're going to get in the <laughs> division. They're going four and thirteen. Um, the Green Bay Packers. I got him going two and fifteen. Uh, no Aaron Rodgers equals I don't buy you. Um, two and fifteen, one and five in the division. Same with the Lions. I got him going two and fifteen, one and five in the division. The Lions might surprise some people, but I doubt it. I'm having my doubts. I think Goff's a good quarterback. I don't know that he's Matt Stafford, and I, I don't. The team needs a lot of help the, elsewhere. Yeah, the team needs receivers. They need a lot of things. I think they ultimately, even though they went out and made that Stafford trade, which was a great trade, they they walked away with a, I mean, a handful of draft picks, and they still have a starting quarterback, and that's all well and good. My problem comes in where they don't have receivers. They did nothing to build this team other than getting an offensive tackle. They should have drafted a receiver. They didn't do it. I think Panay Sewell is a great player, and he's going to be a great offensive tackle for this team in the long term. But they're going to have to eat the shit burger for a minute before they get to the good stuff. So that's kind of where they're at. Uh, The NFC South, I've got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking that division again. It's a non-competitive division, just kind of like the North. The Bucs going 16-1, 6-0 in the division. Um, The number two team, sort of a surprise, the New Orleans Saints. They're going to go 9-8. They're going to go 3-3 in the division. They will be the seventh seed in the playoffs. I think they squeak their way in. Um, This is... And I think a lot of people are questioning it because no Drew Brees, but we've seen the Saints perform well with no Drew Brees in the past. 
Um, I think I, even though a lot of people are looking to Jameis Winston to be the guy, I think Jameis Winston's going to be the problem early on for them, and then they're going to change out and be just fine. Um, I got the Falcons going 7-10. and 10. Slight improvement, not a lot, but I got them going 7-10. and 10. They're going to be number three in the division, or I'm sorry, number three in the division, three and three in the division, and then they're going to be the number nine seed. They're barely going to miss the playoffs. Uh, Matt Ryan's going to have himself a decent year, but seven and ten. And last but not least, Carolina. I don't buy Sam Darnold over there. I like Sam Darnold, but I think the damage has already been done by New York. They're going to go four and thirteen, zero oh and six in the division. I think they get stomped out pretty easily, um, in spite of you know some of the defensive improvements. This one right here is kind of surprise. NFC East. Dallas Cowboys. I got them going 14 and 3, 6 and 0 in the division. They're going to be the number 2 seed in the playoffs. I think Dak Prescott comes back um, with his uh, ankle turn or his foot turned on the right way <laughs> and throws the ball effectively. If you look at the rest of that division, it's a shit show. I mean, Washington, New York, Philly, they're all garbage. The thing is New York has all the weapons to do well, but they don't have the quarterback. They don't have the quarterback, and that's the problem. I've got New York going in second place in that division at six and eleven. Because they, because the, New York, you could arguably say that New York has one of the best one-two receiver punch in the league right now. Right, uh, three and three in the division. I think they have the number ten seed in the NFC. I, I just, man, they're 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 not going to make anything. Um, third place, the number eleven seed in the NFC, five and eleven would be the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't buy Jalen Hurts. I have never been. I've never bought Jalen Hurts. You know, I've never bought Jalen Hurts. I told you before he got drafted. I don't buy Jalen Hurts, and here we are. Me not buying Jalen Hurts. They go two and three in the division, five and eleven overall. They're going to wind up being. Does he get benched for JoJo? I think so. I think I think Flacco comes in, and that's probably where a majority of their wins come from. And uh, the 16th seed, the the dead last team, weirdly enough, the Washington Redskins. I don't buy the Skins. I think, or well, not the Redskins. I keep calling the Redskins. It's like habit now. I mean, Washington they, football They still team. have a very good defense. It was number one in the league last year. Good defense. I just don't think they have the quarterback play to get it done. Um, I think they go 1-15, 0-5 in the division. They get pounded into the ground, wind up being dead last, and wind up with the number one draft pick uh, going into, uh, other than the Texans, they wind up with the number one draft pick. Um, Well, actually, I take that back. They'll wind up with number three because the Jets have gone 0-6 in their division. Um, So, yeah, we got that. Uh, Washington will get at least one divisional win there. Um, You got, in the NFC West, Rams, 13-4, 5-1 in the division. I think they win the division. They're going to be the number three seed in the NFC. Um, the Rams are kind of this strange anomaly right now. Uh, you don't know what Matt Stafford's going to do over there. I believe in Matt Stafford. Um, I think he's going to have a better time than Jared Goff, and I think he gets along better with Sean McVay. I think this is going to be better for him. Uh, number two in the division will be the Arizona Cardinals. I got him going 13-4, and 4-2 four, four and two in the division. I think Kyler Murray has himself a good year. He's very competitive. He's going to wind up, and this is going to be the most competitive division in football this year. Um, I think you're talking that division and the AFC North. Yep, and and uh, Arizona is going to wind up being the number five seed, technically speaking, overall in the playoffs. And then in third place in that division, you got the Seattle Seahawks also going 13-4. and four. It's a three-way tie. The only difference is the divisional wins. The Seahawks go 3-3. Three and three. They wind up in the sixth seed in the playoffs. The the Seahawks, I think, 
their offense is going to be the deciding factor. Their defense is not going to be there, and they're playing a very offensively tough division. That's why I think they suffer some losses in the division there. Um, and then the number eight seed, barely missing the playoffs at seven and ten, will be the San Francisco 49ers. I got them going zero and six in the division. Um, they're going to get pounded by all three of those teams. But the Niners going seven and ten, I could very well see. So ultimately, in the NFC side of things, you have. Number one seed is the Tampa Bay Bucks. Your number two seed is the Dallas Cowboys. Number three is the LA Rams. Number four would be the Minnesota Vikings. Number five would be the Arizona Cardinals. Six would be the Seattle Seahawks. And seven would be the New Orleans Saints. Um, moving into the actual tournament itself, this is where things get a little hairy. So, in the first round, you got... Ravens and Browns. These two play each other tough all the time. I got Ravens beating Browns, um, followed up by Titans and Dolphins. I got the Titans beating the Dolphins. That's the number two versus the number seven. Uh, next up, you got the Chiefs and the uh, Chargers. I got the Chiefs beating the Chargers. Going into the following one, you got Saints and the Cowboys. I got the Cowboys beating the Saints there. I think that makes sense. Um, you got Rams and Seahawks. I got the Rams beating the Seahawks moving on. And I've got the Vikings versus the Cardinals. I actually do have the Vikings beating the Cardinals. I think they, they squeak one out there. Going into the divisional round, you got Buffalo and the Ravens. I've got the Ravens beating Buffalo. Um, I think that's going to be a, a revenge game, if you will. Uh, Titans and the Chiefs. I got the Titans beating the Chiefs. Finally, beating the Chiefs, putting them down like old Yeller. So in your NFC title game, you're gonna or your AFC title game rather, you're gonna have the Baltimore Ravens versus the Tennessee Titans in the AFC title game. Um, over on the other side, you got the Rams. I think they beat the Cowboys. They move on, and I think you got the Vikings topping Tampa Bay. I, the reason I think they topple Tampa Bay, and I, I told you this off the air, Tyler, is the Vikings, even with a bad team almost beat the Bucks last year. This is a different Vikings team with a lot more talent, especially on the defensive side of the football. I think the Vikings can beat the Buccaneers here, and I think the Vikings move on to the NFC title game and take on the Rams, but that's about as far as they go. You know, I, I think Tampa Bay's success falls on one person, and everyone's going to, people always say, oh, Tom Brady. Like, no. No. Ronald Jones. Yep, I agree. If Ronald Jones didn't do what he did last year, Tampa Bay doesn't do half the stuff they did last year. Yes. He came out of nowhere. He blew up. Yep. I want to see if he can do it again. Yeah. And so now you're you're sitting in the NFC title game, Vikings versus Rams, but that's as far as the Vikings will go. The Rams will beat the Vikings in the NFC title game. And in the AFC side, I got the Titans beating the Ravens. So now you've got a Super Bowl rematch, Titans versus Rams. You remember that from years ago. Mm -hmm. One yard. Dyson, one yard away from scoring that game winner, and uh, nope, that ain't going to happen. And I actually have the Tennessee Titans winning the Super Bowl at the number two seed in the AFC. So that is my way-too-early bold prediction. Your Super Bowl champions will be the Tennessee Titans, especially after this Julio Jones trade if it goes through. I dig it. Well, I do have some... Bold breaking predictions. News. We have breaking news. It's the it's the fit, finish it up from earlier because it oh. is official. Oh boy, they trade for Julio Jones. Yep. They Falcons will receive a second rounder and, and a fourth. Wow. 
and they're also but Falco, they're also giving Titans a sixth rounder. Okay. So it's sixth rounder and Julio for a second and a fourth. That's actually a lot better than I thought it was. A second and a fifth was like, meh, okay. Second and a fourth, okay, I can deal with that. I still think that the Falcons could have gotten a first for him, but I'll take a second and a fourth. I think that's smart. It's official. Titans get Julio Jones, and that's, hey, I'll, money in the bank there. I think uh, you can take that to the bank, Tyler. The Tennessee Titans will be the Super Bowl champions this year. All right, but I have 10 bold predictions here, and... Keep in mind, most of these are, they, they range from kind of bold to very bold. Okay, so this is an edition of Tyler's Top Tyler's Top 10. 10. And they're in no order. Yeah, buddy. But uh, now keep in mind, these are bold predictions, so they may not correlate to what my actual standings look next week. These are, like, these are, because bold predictions are like, you think they could really happen. Right. But you may not be like, I'm not going to do, I'm not going to put my challenge in the line for it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm just going to kind of read them down as I written, wrote them down. And next week, next week, I will go ahead and come up with my bold predictions to, to like go it. along with, with your deal. First one here, the Jets to finish second in the AFC East. Ooh, ballsy. Ballsy, ballsy, ballsy. I like Zach Wilson a lot, and and that's one of the reasons why. Now, there's a, there's a pretty good chance it's going to take him more than a year to, to make that happen. The reason I'm saying this I'm not saying they have a good record. Right. I'm more banking on Miami and, and Patriots not having good good record. Right. I'm talk so kind of how you had the the NFC North is kind of how I'm predicting the AFC East to be. Jets could easily become be, be the second best team at like five wins. Do you think Zach Wilson is that good though? For five wins, yeah. You think so? I can get the, I think I, I got him at like five six wins this year. Is he an improvement from Sam Darnold? For them, yes. I think so too. Because they have a new coach now, correct? I believe so. Yeah, I think Adam Gase is out of there. Yeah. Um. This is I. I. I had to go one little Ravens one here. This one's probably too bold, but J.K. Dobbins to lead the AFC in rush yards. So you you made a a very valid point earlier. He led the league six point oh in yards per carry, yep, which is nasty. Um, I, I don't know if he is, is he slated to be the number one back there? Yes. Okay. If JK Dobbins becomes the number one back there and he turns into what he could potentially turn into, it gets scary. Fantasy owners, by the way, if you're going to go ahead and pick up JK Dobbins, you better handcuff, uh, Gus the bus there. Awesome. Just Gus just, will be in there. I think the one thing that kind of handcuffs him and, and, and on his potential to do that mm-hmm. is the fact that Lamar Jackson is also probably going to have another eight, eight, nine hundred. Possibly a thousand yards rushing. Exactly, um, it, it's it's bold. I don't know that it will happen. I'm trying to think if there's a, a running back out there. King Henry. Yeah, I mean, I, I could see Derrick Henry probably running away Chubb. with it. Chubb, yeah, Chubb, but he's he got hurt a little bit last year, and Mixon got a little hurt last year. There there are some injuries. If they can stay healthy, he'll be up there. I, I definitely think he'll yeah. be up there as a number one. I like Dobbins out of Ohio State when he was there, and we saw him light up. And, 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 you know, when, when he got drafted, and, you text me like, uh-oh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dobbins is a good player, and, and I like him a lot. But, so, but that's the thing. is, I, I, I think it's going to be more top five. Yeah. But I wanted these to be bold. Yeah, like, yeah. That's, like, that's ballsy. Because it, it's, it's no fun if you're doing, like, stupid little... Oh, I think that he'll be top ten. Man. Oh no, shit! Yeah. <laughs> there's only sixteen runners in the. There, there's some I kind of bitched out on, but yeah, no, um, we'll see. Um, Trevor Lawrence to finish under Wilson and Lance in Rookie of the Year voting. 
Lawrence to finish under Wilson and Lance Wilson and in Lance. rookie of the year voting. So at, at, at best, he'll be the third so best rookie. So you think Jimmy G gets benched? Yes. Ooh, that's so I'm and that's, early. That's not even a, a bitch out one. That's not. I don't think that's a bitch out one. Thinking Jimmy G gets benched after two years removed from a Super Bowl. I I think Trevor Lawrence doesn't finish in the top five in voting. I think he'll get a running back or a receiver or something else. So ballsy, ballsy. This one, this one, I told you about before we got in the air. The Steelers to not win a single game in the division. Here's the thing about it. So, I think that Cincinnati, one big issue with Cincinnati is they haven't improved their defense. They actually lost pieces on their defense. True. Um, I think Ben, even though he's obviously on the back nine, way on the back nine, mm-hmm. we're talking whole 16, 17 <laughs> here, um, and, and his arm strength isn't there, Ben the, Ben's intelligence is still there. And that's one thing I can still hand to the guy is watching watching how he played, even though they played dog shit teams last year. Watching how Ben diagnosed last year, um, watching how he played the short game, these chip shot throws. So I mean, it was very Brady esque in the way that Tom plays a lot of things. Ben is one of those guys that's just like that. I think he at least beats if if he's not going to beat if he's not going to split with with Cincy. Or if he's not going to split with with Cleveland, rather, and if he's not going to split with with Baltimore, say Cleveland and Baltimore just lay waste to him, he'll at least, at the very least, split with Cincinnati. And and that's and that's very likely. Yeah, but I wanted it bold. bold. Yeah. Like, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say I think the Steelers aren't going to beat the Browns or the Ravens. Mm-hmm. Like, What's well, likely? Potentially, yeah, potentially. Right. But it's possible. It um, is. Since he, you just got to talk about that division plays each other so tough, weirdly tough. It's, very it, tough. It's, it makes it fun football. Right. The entire NFC West makes the playoffs. Wow. Which you're not far off. I'm not far off. I Here's the thing. So I, I had the Niners barely missing. The eight seed. Okay. Um, the Niners schedule, the way it falls, is, is actually not a super tough schedule in spite of being in a tough division. They're in a. They have six really hard games. You know, uh, right off the rip. I mean, you got Rams twice, you got Cardinals twice, you got Seahawks twice. So that's six really tough games. But the rest of their games, and that's why I had them going zero six in the division. The rest of their games, meh. You know, like the, they're pretty weak games. The the one where so they play the Vikings at one point this year. I don't think they beat the Vikings. If they can beat the Vikings. That's the the one, or if they can beat one of those divisional teams just randomly, which we've seen, we've seen them come up. Why are the Niners suddenly just beating the hell out of the Rams? Yeah. We've seen that. But if they can beat the Vikings, or if they can beat the Rams, or if they can beat the Seahawks, and again, this is another one of those divisions that plays each other tough. I could see that happening. Um, I'm almost looking at it from a stance of they go zero and six. Jimmy goes, they win out. You think Trey Lance is that good? I think it could be. I think he had a hell of a pro day. There's just a lot of question marks surrounding Trey Lance. And and the way he was ranked, he was ranked like the fifth best quarterback mm-hmm. out of the group. But a lot of people believe he was the best quarterback out of the group. Mm-hmm. So I, it's, a lot of it's subjective. You may be onto something. You may see the entire NFC West in the playoffs, in which case that means, I mean, who gets booted? I'm, I'm trying to hold your feet to the fire, making sure your predictions are bold, too. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm keeping her going hot here. Yeah, it is hot. 
Sam Darnold takes the Panthers as the second best team in that division. That's ballsy. I so I like Sam Darnold, I, but I think the damage has been done there. I think Darnold's a good quarterback, but and I don't think he's going to a more favorable situation in Carolina. That's the thing. I, I mean, I, I like Riverboat Ron too, but is it a more favorable situation in Carolina than it was with the Jets? Eh, okay, I guess. You know, eh. Um, I I just don't think he's going to like Teddy. Uh, Teddy's a natural leader. I don't know that that scene goes Darnold is going to be a natural leader. <laughs> He's got there. a better team there. You're going to have McCaffrey back. They have good receivers. You still got Robbie Anderson and, and DK Curtis, Moore. Curtis Samuel. DK Moore. DJ Moore. DJ Moore, yeah. Samuel's out the door. Oh, yeah, he, he took off. That's right. So, I mean, but you, they've got good a good team over there. I just don't know that, that Darnold is going to be the guy. I want to see if he can be the guy. This might be this change of scenery might be good, or mm-hmm. it could be disastrous. You never know. It'll be one or the other. It's a big risk. Um. The Packers will just miss the playoffs with Jordan Love under center. Ah, blah. I, I I like Jordan Love. Blah. I hate Jordan Love. Or, or is there is there a party that just like just kind of hopes that Jordan Love is like, please don't be the next thing, please don't. Well, well, deep down, I really hope he's not the next thing because <laughs> I fucking hate the Packers. Like you know, I do. But but just from like a draft perspective, okay, Jordan Love got picked up. The the knocks on him basically is that he's not Rodgers. He's the exact opposite of Rodgers. He's a running QB with questionable arm strength and and questionable accuracy. You know, he's he's not Aaron Rodgers. But he's now sat for a year. Yeah, and he's sat for a year. It happens, and I, I love a quarterback that sits. I, we, everybody does. But uh, I, I just look at love, and I hope he comes in. I hope he gets pounded. You know, <laughs> but and, and I think he does. I think he does get pounded in the ground. This team without Aaron Rodgers, and it's like you said, this is a team void of star power outside of Devontae and, and Adams, had Aaron job, Jones. Had job done himself. Yep, and Rodgers was the guy that lifted that offense. They don't have that. They don't have that anymore. Aaron Rodgers not there. They have nobody lifting them. Nope. And if you think for a split second that Devontae Adams is going to be thrilled not being thrown the football by Aaron Rodgers, like he's already questioning. He flat out said, "If Aaron Rodgers doesn't return, I'm questioning why the hell I'm here." So, Devonte Adams is already pissed. Mm-hmm. So, and and you know Devonte can be a diva. So now we're getting to that point where is Devonte Adams going to be taken off out the door too? I think the Packers flounder. I think they fail. I think they sit at the bottom, near the bottom of the division. They'll be better than the Lions, but they're going to be tied at two and fourteen. Oh, see, look nah. at you. Dropping your papers. Come on. Here's kind of my, my, my bitch out of the list, though. The Chiefs will be the fourth best team in the AFC. I don't think that's a bitch. I think the Chiefs... I don't. I just don't think it's incredibly bold. because I think you have three to four other really good teams in the AFC. Well, I here's the problem. So, the Chiefs, I, I've got them going 15-2. and two. Um, I, I had them going as the three seed, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken. They're going to make the playoffs. I think Tennessee and the Bills. The Bills have a really favorable schedule, and I think Tennessee has a really favorable schedule. I think they actually beat Tennessee. Um, I, I think there's an opportunity for Bills, Titans, and Ravens slash Browns. I'll yep. leave it at that to all have a better record than the Chiefs. And it is a possibility. the The big thing about for is the it Chiefs, a big possibility. Not exactly. But. So one of the reasons I had the Chiefs going 15-2 and two was because of the fact that I had them split with the Chargers in there. 
they very well could sweep the Chargers. Oh yeah, and and that's that's on the table. But I I do think Herbert pulls a, a you know a rabbit out of the hat there and says, oh okay, well look at this. Um, I had him split with the Chargers, but you know that could change. That could fluctuate. I think if if the Chiefs beat the Chargers, well now you're still talking about them as a one seed because then they beat the Titans at that point, who are the two seed. So they're at the two seed spot. So there's there's some fluctuation there. Um, I like the Chiefs a lot. I think they still understand how to play this this game and this division or this conference and their division. Their division's not very strong, but I think they know how to play this conference the way that they do. The Chiefs. I mean, it, is it kind of a bitch out? Eh, I guess. But I I mean, putting them as low as the four seed, we haven't seen the Chiefs in a four seed in three years now. No. So I mean, there you go. Last two are stat related. Oh boy. <clears throat> Derwin James to lead the league in interceptions and in, in, in number one in voting for the Pro Bowl for safeties. You think he's gonna complete a full season this time? Yes. <laughs> that's that's the problem for Derwin. He's gonna reclaim his throne as the number one safety in football. It's bold because Derwin James hasn't completed his season in what, three years now? Mm-hmm. So I, I would love to see him complete a, a full season. If he does, then it's great. I mean, the guy's come off of, I think, two ACL tears, and he's had concussions and all kinds of stuff. I would love to see Derwin James do what he does. We we predicted him when he got drafted to be the best safety out there. He started there. off that way. Exactly. Um, and he started off that way. He if, was, he do, if he does this, you're talking the Chargers in the playoffs for sure. Yeah, I think you know, well, Derwin James could, could change everything for them. Mm-hmm. So that could be huge. Um, but yeah, okay. Well, I'm I'm good with that. I, I think it's a bold prediction because just based on the fact that you think he's going to complete the season, I think it's bold. Um, and there's a lot of good safety play out there. Yep. So this is a, it is a bold prediction. I'm down for it. I'm fully here for it. Oh, actually, I I uh, left something out on that. I was also put in there. He takes the interception crown, like in history mm-hmm. in a season. Oh, single season interception crown. That is even more bold. That's like like weird flex bold. <laughs> that's like like thumping your dick on the table. Yes. Bold. Okay. God damn. That's that's a big one. This one's less bold, but just as big because I didn't I didn't list a player. Mm-hmm. Um, Calvin Johnson's receiving record gets taken. But you didn't. Well, there's a lot of great receivers out there, and we got a 17 game season. A lot of great receivers, but the season. Is How about extended. this? How about this? I I will I will because I, I kind of because I wasn't originally doing bold predictions at the very last second. Mm-hmm. By next week's show, I'll have, I'll have a name in that spot. Okay. All right. Well, we'll you're you're gonna do some some research, baby. That's where it's at. So there's Tyler's there's Tyler's top ten bold predictions. Next week I'll be doing uh, my bold predictions. So moving forward with these, even though we we, we made it a Tyler's top ten today. Um, this is a segment that we're going to wind up calling Take It to the Bank. Uh, these bold predictions from early on. I did it as a Tyler's Top 10 this episode, but next week it'll be known as Take It to the Bank. I will say you can take that to the bank. Um, so next week uh, you'll be seeing that out of my bold predictions. Um, but that's all we got. Tyler, we're getting near that time. We're getting near fantasy football time, mm-hmm. which I'm getting really excited about. Um, we've got We've got all that stuff ready to rock and roll. We'll be talking about, and, and we might get into some fantasy stuff moving forward. I, I threw one out there. Folks, that's all we got for today. Just want to give a shout-out to our sponsors over at It's Your Time Massage. Thank you so much uh, for being our wonderful sponsor. Amanda is a wonderful massage therapist. I urge you to check her out at IYTMassage.com or at It's Your Time Massage on Facebook. 
Uh, she is tremendous. She does everything from deep tissue to Swedish to CBD, anything under the sun. Um, next up, we've also got uh, our boys over at Face Kicked Apparel. Sean's awesome. You pick it, he sticks it over there at, at uh, Face Kicked Apparel. We got hoodies. We got t-shirts. We've got masks. We've got all kinds of stuff. Highly recommend him over at Face Kicked Apparel. And uh, Tyler, that's all we got for today. Um, hope everybody enjoyed the show. And we will be back in a few weeks with uh, some more news. We'll be back with some more uh, bold predictions from yours truly. We'll be back with some uh, record predictions from Tyler himself. And, uh, yeah, hope everybody enjoyed our show. And uh, we'll see you next time right here on the Outside Blitz. Join us soon on the Outside Blitz. And be sure to follow on Facebook at facebook.com backslash the Outside Blitz. And feel free to email us questions at theoutsideblitz at gmail.com.